0: You are Locked On Lakers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Lakers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome, everybody, to the Lockdown Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I am minutes away from vacation. So, one, two, three, Hawaii. Harrison, hi.
0: Yeah, really glad that I get to fill in for you next week um, and, you know, like have some guests on the show and pull your weight for no extra money. And um, yeah, excited.
1: breaking breaking news, Harrison. Thomas Bryant just said the Lakers view him as a four or a five. He's not going to be a point guard. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> That's a preview of what today's show is
0: going to be. We're going to
1: talk about exit interviews. God, Ooh, I hope not. Maybe my least favorite day of the NBA season
0: is Oh, it? it's my it's my least favorite day of the NBA year just because of like how much writing is involved with it. I'm very lazy.
1: It's well, it I just don't think the, we'll talk about that in a bit. So we're going to talk about the we're going to talk about Lakers talking about nothing. As always, make sure you guys are following the show on Megaphone slash Panoply, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Today's Fast Break, Spotify, Alexa, Lakers Nation, where Harrison writes, Lakers Outsiders, where I write. You can follow Harrison on Twitter at IWriteRate way too much. You can follow me on Twitter at Anthony Irwin LA. The first place we have to start is with Julius Randle. And the biggest, I guess, quote unquote, news. And I'm doing Fittingly, right.
0: that's where the Lakers started. That's That's who came in and talked yeah. first.
1: Uh, They really could have ended all the exit interviews after that. Nobody mattered after that. He Randall was the only person I thought who I wanted to hear from today. You're just in a pissy mood today. I want I want to go on vacation.
0: Anywho, great. We have a job
1: to do. (laughs) Let's get it together. Julius Randall says he wants to be a Laker. Breaking news: Harrison Julius Randall does not want to eliminate himself from the biggest market in the NBA. How about that? Well,
0: I mean, I think it is. I think given the way that he was treated and used early in the season, it is notable that he repeatedly said that he wanted to be back with the Lakers. Because, like, it would be, like, based on the way that his year went, I think if you would have, if I would have asked you in November, and maybe I did at some point because everything has blended together at that point, uh, like by now. (laughs) Yeah. But – if I were to ask you in November, like, do you think that, like, I remember you like arguing, like, this is going to make Randall not want to resign the way that they're treating him, despite him being kind of their best player, and the fact that he's saying, you know, like, like, it sounded like number one, it did sound like they had a short exit meeting with him, uh, him, I almost said Mitch and Jim, but him, Rob and Magic had a short exit meeting where Randall just kind of said, you know, I'm going to leave this up to my agent, but like, I'd like to be back here. And this is the only franchise I've ever known. And so, I mean, it's still by no means a guarantee that he's back because there is, you know, the LeBron stuff. There is the Paul George stuff. There is the—well, those are the only two guys now, really, because DeMarcus Cousins is injured. I can't imagine they're going to try and sign him. I don't know. The Lakers have a great history with post-Achilles stars. That was a star that was their star that they, you know, I, I don't think—and Polinka saw how that went up close. I, I guess I agree to a certain extent though all of these guys,
1: all of the players, coaches, executives that you listen to in these exit interviews and and tomorrow will be uh, Luke Walton's turn and Magic Johnson's turn I think and Rob Polinka's turn. All of these guys receive training on what to and what not to say right and so so like Julius Randall isn't going to sit in front of the mic as frustrated as as he was for portions of the season and and I wouldn't even hold it against him if he said no f all of you I don't <laughs> I don't want to be here right if he was completely honest and that's how he honestly felt and I wouldn't hold it against him because his treatment early on in the season was was that annoying uh but but his agent probably told him hey just kind of cool it with some of the quotes here just get out of there amicably. Say what you want to say. Talk about how fun it was being a Laker, and and how important it is for you to to grow up here, and you have a house here, and your family, you're raising your family here. Blah 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 blah. Say what, say what fans and and your team wants to hear you say, and and go from there. And in in that regard, you know, it's a day that turns out hundreds of of aggregation posts. Uh, and, and articles across the the internet, but for the most part, it, it's all it's
0: all pretty meaningless. Like nothing. That... I, I think I think on some level, you are letting your uh, the way that you view this situation bias your analysis of it. Because basically, what you're saying is that if Randall came out and he was really negative about the Lakers, then you'd believe him. You'd believe that that was him being honest. But when he says positive things about wanting to stay, you're assuming that he's like not telling the truth. And, I'm
1: not. I'm not going so far as to say that he isn't telling the truth. I just don't think there is a scenario here where he would, if he was frustrated. I don't
0: think there's a scenario where he would say it. Maybe. I mean, that's but we've seen guys give frustrated quotes in exit interviews before. That who. I'm trying to remember, but there are guys that have talked like they weren't happy with their role or whatever it may be. Like there are guys where you can read the subtext, even if they aren't saying like, you know, F this place, they're saying, you know, like, yeah, you know, I'm probably not going to be that. Like even Nick young last year just basically said like, I'm out. Actually, I think he ended his last. I think he did. I think he, yeah, did I think say, he ended it with, I'm out.
1: I'll see you guys when I play you guys. Right. Something. Yeah.
0: Like that. Or something like that. And so like th- these guys, like they have no reason to lie outside of, Not, you know, just like openly bashing the organization, but most of the time, even through subtext, they'll let you know how they felt. And Randall seemed to be more positive on the Lakers than you might expect, given the way that his year went. And I think that that is a testament to how much his relationship with Luke improved over the course of the year. I think the two of them grew to understand each other a little bit better. And I think it's testament to how well he played down the stretch, and how much of a how bi- much of a kind of increased role that he earned. That any time that you earn that, you're going to be happier. The only relationship that matters at this point is that one is is the one between
1: Julius Randle and Magic Johnson. And if Magic Johnson is able to move past some of the early season stuff that they saw, and and is able to evolve and adjust to what randall brought to the table this season that's that's really it and uh it'll be interesting to see and hear from from magic johnson tomorrow what he has to say on the subject we're going to today uh, today by the time that you're by, listening, by the time this. you guys are listening to this yeah today uh we're going to take a quick second here when we come back we're going to keep talking about players talking The next guy who I thought said some interesting stuff here was Brooke Lopez.
0: Oh, so some people did say interesting things.
1: Well, again, all relative. But Brooke Lopez, (laughs) I think, even said to the extent that, like, if the Lakers were contenders, he would take less to come back.
0: Yeah, he he said that on the record.
1: That does. That matters, right? okay? That I mean, that's you're talking about (laughs) objectively taking less, mathematically
0: taking less. If the Lakers are the right situation, he most guys aren't that aren't that strong about the way that they say it. They'll be like, yeah, you know, that's something that you'd have to consider. Maybe the the right direction. Kobe Kobe
1: Kobe was so strong as to say, hell no, I'm
0: not taking less. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so Brooke Lopez doing that is it's interesting. And so I, I figured it's worth asking you. Would you want, like, in that type of team, where let's just say, like, we've entered Dream World, the Lakers have signed Paul George and LeBron James, would you want Brooke Lopez back for less money? One zillion percent, yes. Okay.
1: One zillion. He is, he, now look, th- are there weaknesses in this game, and are there some concerns as far as, like, how he might age defensively? Yes, those are, those questions are, are perfectly viable and perfectly fair to ask.
0: I'm not that worried about how he ages defensively, just because his like it's not like his defense is based on his mobility. Uh, it's just based on being tall. Like that's not going to go away.
1: Yeah, although, but but again, like it, it's kind of like a a junk ball pitcher, right? In baseball, as soon as they lose, like a a pitcher going from 91, 92 on on the radar with their fastball down to like. Eighty-eight, eighty-seven. Like at that point, you're just throwing batting practice, right? And so, like with with, with Brook Lopez, no, he doesn't rely on athleticism. But if he loses a, whatever athleticism that he has, well, now that now you're just a chair, you're just a a, a stationary object out there, right? And and uh, even we,
0: he or a we could call it a Roy Hibbert,
1: <laughs> exactly on the well, Lakers. I mean, we, we laugh about it,
0: right? But but Roy Hibbert, right? He relied on on. He was playing with a much worse defense in front of him. I still think. I think Roy Hibbert. He's not that even year, in the league. No. Well, yeah. Now he's out of the league. But I think. I think that year he would have been. I'm not saying he would have been good, but he would have been better than he ended up being. Like had anyone on defense in front of him either been able to or cared enough to stay in front of their guy.
1: And with a better coach, right? A better coach probably yes. would have
0: helped out there. Yeah. Who, like who, all that stuff. So like Lopez did have the benefit of. A lot of like a for like a focused effort to drive guys directly into his body. It wasn't like we're gonna switch with you on like switch you on to point guards and have you try and lock them up. Like that would happen sometimes, but it wasn't the Lakers' defensive strategy. And so uh, he he was really valuable to them. And like he was valuable to them, he wasn't twenty two million dollars a year valuable to them. He averaged a career low thirteen points per game. Like it, he didn't shoot well, amazing. Three, he was league average like right. it, it was the lowest role role of his career yeah. and so that kind of goes to the point that I'm trying to make that that guy for you know five million dollars or something like that all of a sudden everybody there's a lot of positive buzz about Brooke Lopez if he's on a five million dollar a year contract like oh wow that's like an incredible value bargain I think he winds up signing for about eight or nine million Maybe, you know, whatever it may be. I'm not like I'm not trying to predict the number. I'm just saying like something far below market value where Mm -hmm. it's very clear that he's taking less than he would have gotten from any other team just because the Lakers are building a contender. And so I think the other question that we have to discuss here, like we both obviously are saying the Lakers should bring him back. He'd be like probably their best option as a center on the market like that they could afford if he's willing to take less money to come with those two guys. But would you is there any scenario where you'd want him back if they didn't get those two guys? Yeah, I, I think so. I,
1: here's here's what I was hoping for. How from, much would you
0: be willing to pay? I, at most eight or nine. Okay, eight or nine. but so you're not willing to pay him more, even to just get him to stay and like kind of be a veteran stalwart. Like if they don't get their free agency dreams.
1: No, I, I no, because I I think the days of overpaying people to be Lakers are are gone, and we saw the we saw what that can create. Right, like the Lakers thought, well, look, the only way that we're going to land the Walding is if we overpay for him, and the only way that we're going to land. Timothy Mozgov is if we overpay for him and given the way that the market is going to play out this offseason and how few teams are going to have money it just doesn't make much sense to overpay in any circumstance for anybody other than LeBron or Paul George which neither of those guys you can actually overpay seeing as they're both max players uh, I I do want to say though like from 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 all of the veterans right and we we aren't going to hear from Lu Waldang, but all of the veterans across the roster missing an
0: at, like the Lakers are still trying to find him actually
1: I I He's do just, want like he was one of the guys I was actually really interested to hear from today. It
0: would have been it would have been interesting to like just see how many questions the media would even have for him. He walks in eating Krispy Kreme. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, to be fair, by all accounts, he has kept himself in shape this season as much as possible. It doesn't but matter. <laughs> like imagine if, yeah, imagine if he just walked in with like a big bag of Carl's Jr. like wearing like basketball clothes and just sat down and started eating lunch like a big Western bacon cheeseburger at the podium. No, he should go. He has to go in like the other like a, a direction that involves crunchy food, like so. A big... Well, onion rings are crunchy.
1: You know, I, I'm thinking more
0: somebody like somebody eating a big Western bacon, a Western bacon cheeseburger into a microphone would be objectively disgusting. <laughs> or like some soup,
1: some ramen, where like oh, there's there's man. slurping involved. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, shows up with like he shows up with like a Coors Light and like <laughs> and some Carl's Jr. and hey, it's just. I would hope he can afford. He he would go with better beer than Coors Light. Hey, man, he's got to save that money. He, the next contract may not be He's not, not getting
1: another contract. That's that's Yeah, true.
0: yeah. I, th- I think a team would sign Luol for the minimum. No. No yeah. way. <laughs> the Lakers yeah, were... Luol Deng could, could play when he was with the Heat. And last year when he was a small forward, he was a somewhat useful – Sorry, power. not small forward. Power forward. He was a somewhat useful player. Not a max player. Not the player the Lakers were paying him to be. But they're worse players in the league making the minimum. I don't think he
1: gets another contract. I'm willing to make a bet on
0: that. We'll figure out Tom what – your... Well, it'll, it'll depend on if the if Tom Thibodeau still still running the Timber <laughs> Oh, damn it. I forgot. I didn't I – The, didn't the Timber I'm Bulls. Talking. He's getting them back together. <laughs> uh, we're
1: going to uh, we're gonna take a quick second here. When we come back, because, again, I just I, – I can't get myself to care about exit interview day.
0: I think we're, there is one more meaningful thing from exit interview day that we should talk about after – like in a quick second.
1: And and when we do that, after after we're done with that – We're going to interview each other. We're going to do exit interviews of each other uh, and and send everybody off into the offseason that way. All right. What's what what's this thing that
0: you think is. So this was something I actually missed during my initial watching of exit interviews because I was writing about what Brooke Lopez said. But Lonzo Ball confirmed to the media that he would not be changing his shot this summer, which I know is something that you and I have talked about a lot on this show. And so I figured you as a shot nerd would care about this and like agree or disagree.
1: I don't think he can't like recreating a basketball shot. I don't think is ever a good idea, right? I don't. Some I don't, players do it. Uh, nah you make tweaks and it, it's a gradual process. So over the course of an entire career, in some cases, but but for the most part, if he was just to all of a sudden start shooting a more traditional jumper, I would be a little concerned about his ability to to figure that out on the on the fly. The only disclaimer or caveat I would make to that point is that I would like to see him shoot a more traditional shot from the free throw line uh, I just I, I there were too many moving parts he doesn't feature enough parts of his body in his in his uh free throw shot it's just like it it's too close for him to do a how, his,
0: how his feet land aren't consistent like all that stuff
1: yeah I, I think what I would rather get from him is just make the shot that he has currently work make it more consistent figure out the the and here's the other thing and i don't know if anybody asked this again i was i was recording locked on nba while this was while this was going on while i know know.
0: you're just thorough like thoroughly preparing on your way out before leaving me with the show for a week
1: did anybody did anybody ask if if he would consider not working out with his dad like if the Lakers, if the Lakers asked him, hey, would you, do you have? I don't to- think
0: I don't think that anybody asked him that. Uh, but I, because I didn't see Way it going go around. Back. I don't. That doesn't mean that it wasn't asked because that I missed like ha- the first half of that one. But I don't believe it was asked based on like what was going around on social media. That that to me. He did just- get asked if he told his dad to be quieter during the season, and, and he like, said, No, I would never tell him to do that. Yeah. Uh, like, please don't spank
1: me, Dad. I do. I do think though that's that to me is more interesting than his jumper,
0: right? Is... I am curious to see how they handle that. Yeah, it could, because and so I I talked to Luke about this about a month ago and how they plan for the off season and stuff. And he said that like over the, they give the guys about a month off. And so over that time, he and his staff come up with a training plan for all of them. Like what specifically they want them to work on, what they need to do in the training room, if they were hurt, what they need to do as far as like lifting and those kind of plans, conditioning, all that stuff. And so that stuff's all being put together now. I am curious to see how closely Lonzo is like working with, you know, either Lakers trainers or working with an actual professional trainer, and not uh, big baller dad.
1: Yeah, that that to me, how they handle that situation and his his response to how they handle that situation. If he just outright says, "Nope, I'm still working out with my dad," I think that's when that's when I think Laker fans are fair to get a little concerned uh, about the about the way that that might play out. Other than that, though, I I think. Uh, We'll we'll see. I again. I think just in general with basketball shots, and I think this is the case for golf swings, for batting swings, anything, really, is that you can do anything with whichever style that you prefer. It's about repetition. It's about n- nailing down the style that you that you choose to go about it. Jim Furyk, a golfer, has one of the weirder golf swings in in the history of golf but i believe he won a a major and he definitely won himself a ton of money and it was just because he was able to repeat that motion over and over and over and over and over again and and with lonzo with his shot i'm more interested in in him becoming consistent enough and getting up and getting up enough shots
0: to be able to repeat that motion over over and over and over and over and over again yeah, I mean, it's like is, that's why I write my sentences by smashing my face on the keyboard repeatedly and then just deleting the characters that I don't need. There you go. I, it, it it's unorthodox, sense. but I I got a lot of reps and I've gotten pretty good at it now. The
1: size of your forehead makes a little bit more sense at this
0: point. Thank you.
1: All right, uh, let's 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 have a little bit of fun here. I'm. I'll start. Right,
0: so you, you you'll you'll go first. I, I, I don't think we should go back and forth. I think we'll, we can have one interview at a time.
1: Yeah. All right. So uh, first question, Harrison. You know the the season played out the way that you play, it played out. Is there anything that you would change about uh, about
0: your your co hosting abilities here? You know, I think I think somewhat early it was on me. I wasn't available enough. I think emotionally or physically, I I just I wasn't around to record as many podcasts as I probably should have been. And I think that hurt. You know, my uh, my level of analysis. I think it hurt my level of polish on the air. I really had to kind of get into shape as the season went on. I would say. And you know, I think I think the season turned out okay and you know, I'm ready to uh I'm ready to walk away on top. F- Follow-up question to that though. Follow-up question on that is is uh
1: given how much time you spent at the Day Spa, are you are you a little disappointed in your selling ability that they didn't sponsor the show?
0: You know, that was the whole goal of it. So, I think part of it was just that we never mentioned which Day Spa by name and mm. so that probably hurt our pitch case. But, you know, it's like until they were paying me to do it, I didn't want to shout them out. Like that's just that was me, you know, just kind of looking at the game tape of other people that i have accidentally given free shout outs to.
1: I'm not I'm not sure about your level of accountability there when you say we in in that stuff that you were at the day spa. I was not present at the day spa.
0: You know what we did this season together, both of us, <laughs> is it's always important to talk like, to talk about the team. <laughs> Uh, Would you be willing to come back at a reduced rate? No, you know what? I I think (laughs) I think I'm going to be honest here, and I I've already you know I took I took a pay cut this year to uh like to bring in some more help, and I am uh I'm you know I think I I think I'm going to survey all my options in free agency, and you know we'll see where I end up. Anybody who has met you would say that you are stretched pretty thin. Yeah. This year, yeah, I would say so
1: well, just in general you're 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 a lengthy guy
0: yeah yeah well like long and skinny, and so you know i'm like I'm like the Brandon Ingram of podcasters you sound but high like... all the time
1: all right that'll uh that's that that about wraps up my my exit interview is there any is there any parting words as as we get ready for the offseason here
0: well, I mean, I guess I'd just say you know it's been it's been a pleasure to host Lockdown Lakers while I've been doing it and you know we'll see what the future holds
1: oh man that never that never ends well when players say that that's i remember the see first you all when
0: i play against you next year the,
1: <laughs> i remember the first player i ever heard say that was sasha vujicic and then he was a nick <laughs> and then and then he was no longer a laker well he got traded that wasn't his fault no i think he either he, no, no, he got you know, traded. you know who it was it was rony it was rony turiaf he was the first player oh. who i who i ever heard like you know, would you like to be, come back and be a Laker? Oh, yeah, obviously I would love to be a Laker, but, you know, you just never know how these things might go, and then he signed with Minnesota.
0: Yeah, you, I mean, you never know where I'm going to be in, like, theoretically, let's just say May. <laughs> All right, that's 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 my exit. Do you have any questions for me? Yeah, I mean, I guess the first question I would be is, like, when you tweet something, <laughs> just why in general? <laughs> I guess. Look, I, I
1: – my my job is to I, – I look at I, – I consider myself a point guard, and I like to distribute. And so when I send off a tweet, it gives everybody the opportunity to, to be clever in, in how much they hate that tweet. And so, <laughs> so when I send a tweet and I get responses about how much they hate that tweet or hate me personally or, or think my parents should have considered contraception, I, I – <laughs> it's me. It's me. You know that's that's my that's me extending the pass. It's me throwing the lob, so that you guys can can you know knock me down with a, with a vicious dunk.
0: Okay, I guess like follow up question: Why do you hate Magic Johnson? <laughs> uh, you know what? I don't think I should answer that. I'm, I'm gonna
1: f i f to 5th that that gif right now that Dave Chappelle gif where he knocks <laughs> over the water. I'm going to no, but really, in all seriousness, like people accuse me of this all the time, whether it's Kobe or Magic or any all of the Lakers' history that they think that I hate. I am a complete nerd about this stuff. I, I was talking with you know you could, I'll be at a bar and somebody will mention something about you know 1998 Lakers or something like that, and I'll and I'll think back to. To what was going on at that time, and and uh, I think back then that was when Dell Harris was the coach, and everybody hated him because he still wasn't necessarily playing Kobe as much as he should, um, and and they underachieved, and I believe that next season they brought in Phil Jackson, um, and so you know when when I'm I'm a nerd about this stuff, so obviously I'm pulling for Magic, obviously I'm pull I I want Kobe to have a positive role and and perception and and the narrative around him I think can be ridiculous because he was a Laker uh, and because he played with Shaq I'm pulling for Magic Johnson I want him to be good because that means the Lakers are good and the Lakers are a
0: lot more fun to talk about when they're good yeah I would agree with that so I I have two more questions Mm -hmm. um I guess first one is how would you say that you try to model your podcasting after the way that Kobe practices and just Mamba mentality in general, just because like that, like as a credential, I've been going to school for like three years now for journalism. This is finally something that I've learned that you have to ask about Kobe mm -hmm. to anyone involved with the Lakers. So I've, I've learned this lesson and I'm demonstrating it here. I, uh,
1: my, my first lesson is that I will never let anybody else talk. Um, I'm taking all of the shots and anybody who takes a shot and misses it, I'm going to cuss out and curse out, uh, on the, on the show. If they make a point that isn't necessarily vicious enough, I'm going to say that they're, I'm going to call them out for being soft as Charmin and for, for being soft as shit. And so, uh, <laughs> I gave you time so you can bleep it. Okay. Are you okay? Uh uh-huh. You don't even have to. Again, somebody. I'm not. I'm not believing it. I'm. I'm not. I'm leave just going to let it roll. Let it go. Um, and then, and then finally, uh, if there's a moment, if somebody needs to come through in the clutch, and somebody else takes a shot, I'm demanding that person be traded. That person. Yeah, has you, to go. you
0: guys. You guys think Anthony is kidding, but there was one time. I'm not sure if I have told this story on the air before. That my girlfriend literally was like, "Did you just like? Why did you barely talk? You're done already." And I'm like, "Yeah, Anthony just had a lot of things to say that episode."
1: Yeah, I look, if I have something I have to say, I don't care who is on the podcast. It could be Kobe. Kobe can be on this podcast and I and I'll tell him, look, man, mama mentality. You got to shut up right now.
0: OK, I guess just like final. I'm being told by PR that we need to wrap this up. They're actually they're threatening me with a knife. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, so last question. Are you going to miss me?
1: No. OK.